you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. So, here we are on Friday, July 1st, 2022. The Bulgarian government fell, but after they fell, the parliament voted to accept the proposal set forth by the French government, unquote, solving, unquote, the issues that Bulgarians have with Macedonians and the reason that Bulgaria has continued to block Macedonia's start of accession talks with the European Union. Now, Macedonian Prime Minister Dimitar Kovacevsky says that there will be consultations with the president of Macedonia, the government coalition, the opposition, civil society, the experts, the general public, which looks to be about everybody in Macedonia. The big question remains, however, what exactly is in the proposal? Since it, since it has just been released not more than a few hours ago, we are still working our way through it. Several smaller parties in the Macedonian government have said that they will leave the coalition government if Sidisa Dewey accept the French proposal. If that happens, then the Macedonian government will fall. In the meantime, it appears that both Ukraine and Moldova might leapfrog the start of accession talks with the EU that Macedonia has been waiting for since 2005. And if that's not enough, Finland and Sweden are now set to join NATO, perhaps as soon as the end of this year, after having been formally invited to join just this past week. We'll discuss all of this and little else on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Cvetin Chilemanov in Skopje, Macedonia. So, have you read the French proposal yet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I just found the documents. For some reason, the... Uh, the uh, Macedonian government website wasn't loading, and I think that's because everybody was kind of on the website. Mm -hmm. But I finally got them downloaded, but I just I, I glanced through them briefly. Um, I mentioned already that we're recording this episode 139 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast on the first day of July. The French presidency of the uh, European Council just ended. The Czechs take over. Uh, so this was, I know, the, the, the French, the uh, our, our friends, the... Uh, as I love to call them, the uh, cheese-eating uh, surrender monkeys are mm -hmm. celebrating because they actually got a quote-unquote win in having this uh, proposal put forward and accepted by just about everybody. And as you predict, the government of Macedonia will cave and accept it, although, as I just mentioned in the monologue, now they're starting the uh, consultations with just about everybody in Macedonia. What is the latest, my friend Svetin? <laughs> well, uh, it's, yeah, they caved, they accepted the proposal, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a complete disaster for for SDS and for our, the government for our side, in general. So uh, there is another mood atmosphere here, like surrounding Prespa. We have von der Leyen, Charles Michel. These are important people in Europe. You wouldn't know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you don't wouldn't have a reason to know about them, and <laughs> but we unfortunately do. They're all oh, calling in to I congratulate. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're telling us good work, kudos, even though we still haven't formally accepted the proposal. Uh, Kovacevsky says he'll, held, he'll hold consultations, but the way he spoke like a few hours ago at a press conference with the coalition partners of his uh, uh, government, which include Lyubcha Georgievsky, Ali Ahmeti, all these fine characters. Muha, uh, uh, rogues gallery. Exactly. It's really something. It's really a sight. Uh, so he said uh, the way he spoke about the proposal made it absolutely clear that uh, he's going to accept and push it and support it. And he called on the opposition on Vimero to support it as well. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the government will definitely stand behind it, even though it's literally the same thing uh, that we got a few days ago, less than a week ago. And mm -hmm. this was rejected with outrage in the public, with, uh, you know, shocked comments from the government, uh, with uh, a torrent of abuse aimed against the only EU person they are allowed to, you know, people on the left here are allowed to criticize, which is the uh, Enlargement Commissioner Oliver Varhil, because he comes from Orban's party. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this thing is proposed by Macron, 
was immediately endorsed by uh, uh, Edi Rama in his sec in this second uh, version. It was endorsed by, you know, the Commission President, the uh, the European Council President, and SDSM can't criticize them, but they 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 had a huge outburst against Varhe when this was announced. Um, <laughs> so so it, so it's bad. Like this this is your your cue that the original version was was not good because it was inserting the Bulgarian demands, Bulgarian claims in history and Macedonian identity in the center of the EU accession talks. Right. And then a few days go by, they change a few sentences, a few few words, not sentences, few words in the in the in the text uh, of no significance. Uh, and now it's acceptable. <laughs> so, so this was what we had over the past week: the, a complete rejection of the proposal, and now a complete acceptance of the exactly same proposal. Right. Uh, now I'm just looking at a thread here on the Twitters from uh, I guess it's, it's Renier Yarsma, a Dutch fellow mm -hmm. uh, working in Macedonia, who you would not exactly consider a man of the right uh, or a conservative, and uh, he's got a thread going. And his first uh, tweet uh, says, quick glance at the EU draft uh, con uh, council conclusions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it says, haven't seen a track changes version yet. Spoiler, mm -hmm. problematic. And then the little thread uh, emoji. So, uh, so it's the same thing. It's the same text. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So he's, he, and again, he's not a man of the right. So uh, mm -hmm. he is, a, I don't know if he's necessarily the left, but he, he says that this is problematic, meaning probably problematic for Macedonia. Um, I do. I do. Know, I notice one thing here in one of these documents that the government um, made available, uh, and it talks about here, of course, the uh, so-called Treaty on Good Neighborly Relations with Bulgaria of 2017, which calls for annual reviews and measures for its effective implementation. Uh, so yes, to your point, uh, and this is something that everybody's been writing about, talking about, etc. Is that the, the the main issue here is that it it takes bilateral issues and inserts them into uh, the EU accession process, which uh, if you want to take a step back and, and take the long view, uh, this is bad for Macedonia, uh, but it's going to create problems for other uh, EU wannabe countries, uh, etc., uh, down the road when what Bulgaria is doing to Macedonia, yeah. other EU countries will do to, you know, like Croatia to Serbia, etc. is a good example, uh, which is going to create problems uh, down the road, but if, if there's one thing that I must credit the European Union with doing, it is the ability to kick the can down the road um, and to just put things off and off and off. Mm. Uh, they're very good at doing that, but that's, I guess that's part of the art of being a quote-unquote diplomat or a politician. Um, so anyway, so I, I guess we're going to go through this, but in terms of process and timing, so as I mentioned, the government said, or actually Buyar Osmani said, they're going to have consultations with everybody under the sun on this in Macedonia. Mm -hmm. uh, the government obviously is going to support it. And then it will go to a vote uh, for par by parliament, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah but only on uh, 61 votes. So they will not ask for the Vemera right. vote. But uh, with the Albanian parties from the opposition expected to join the government, because why wouldn't they? There is... They're not losing anything. They're not losing their identity with this proposal. They will easily have uh, over 70 votes. And uh, even with some defections in the ruling coalition. And after that is done, so the proposal will be um, will become a, a condition for Macedonia to open EU accession talks. It's no longer a Bulgarian condition. It's mm -hmm. now a condition on the all EU member states toward Macedonia, and Macedonia has agreed to it. So this practically means that the future government, when you know SDSM collapse and Vemera takes over, which Vemera is obviously rejecting this proposal, uh, the EU will tell us, okay, fine, but your country already signed on to this, already agreed that these are the terms of the accession, and we cannot change it uh, in the future, so you will have to uh, accept them, and if not, uh, Bulgaria will have a very strong cause to, to block Macedonia. Nobody will tell her, listen, this is ridiculous, you're putting narrow nationalist interests ahead of uh, the cause of EU accession. These are not objective criteria which Macedonia must meet to join the EU, because, you know, people forget, I mean, we forget 
in Macedonia, but they were, they were supposed to be objective, easy to quantify criteria for joining the EU with uh, regards to political system, you know, mm -hmm. can, do you have a democracy, do you arrest journalists, do you arrest opposition members, do you have civilian control of the army and the intelligence, is your economy uh, able to bear the pressure of, uh, you know, full economic integration, uh, etc. And uh, all we have dealt with are subjective national, historic, nationalist demands initially from Bulgaria, now from uh, initially from Greece, now from Bulgaria. So <laughs> uh, we, we used to complain about this and the EU never accepted that what Greece is doing to us is a subjective uh, blackmail based on uh, their nationalist demands and their view of history and who we are and uh, trying to uh, force us to accept the Greek version of history. So they would always come up with some technical issues. So for years we couldn't open accession talks because of the lack of what they called a culture of dialogue, which meant that the Vimero government is not discussing things enough with the opposition of SDSM or accepting enough of their amendments in parliament. Then it was uh, media freedoms, uh, very easy to fudge this as an, an objective criteria, then it, because they would say journalists are feeling threatened. You know? uh, then it was uh, you know, attacks on LGBT, and uh, which were staged, we discussed this before, so they, they would always come up with some stupid reason. Uh, but now, for the first time, we have uh, the EU and Macedonia and everybody agreeing that the nationalist, uh, the ver version of history of one member state uh, is a condition for a candidate country and the candidate country must accept the version of history of a neighbor, neighboring country or it can be blocked and as you said this can be a major condition for Moldova tomorrow if Romania wants to play hardball with them or somebody else for uh, Ukraine of course, I mean let's not even go there, for Montenegro uh, and Serbia from Cro coming from Croatia as an EU member, you know, it's it's going to it can be like a huge precedent. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's stay with um, stay with this for a moment. Uh, so, LDP and DOM, two of the smaller parties in um, the uh, government right now, earlier before this was made public, said that that if it was accepted. Uh, and as you mentioned, and others have mentioned, it's essentially the same proposal as the original one, that they would leave the government. Have they said anything yet today about that? Not yet. They were present. So the, there are three parties which may, uh, which expressed discontent. Member of one of them, uh, the leader of one of them, and a deputy leader of another were present. Mm -hmm. Today, one was missing. So <laughs> they will probably cave. I mean, they will probably be have their you know hands wrung. Uh, but the, the prime minister said that this is uh, they discussed it with the coalition partners. But he's completely on board. Dewey is, of course, completely on board. But he did not say that the other smaller parties are on board. He said we're still talking it out with them. Right. So there's that. So odds are because they're smaller and subject to, um, shall we call it, um, persuasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because of that, they'll probably rescind their promise to leave. But then you still have the issue of inserting the Bulgars into the Macedonian constitution, which yeah. Lomoro has said that they will not support. Uh, I think they have some... some um, uh, they, they said that they need guarantees that there will be no more, no more asks from the Bulgarians. Mm. But... Let's just assume that they won't support it. Then, then what? We we go back to uh, uh, Johannes Balkan tactics, Han. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to the extent that the EU cares enough to pressure us, or the US, or anybody, uh, so uh, we'll get a fake opening of accession talks. So there's going to be a grand meeting in Brussels, uh, but the accession talks it means it's called like an intergovernmental conference or something. Right. So we will hold one of these meetings, but these recommend the opening of actual chapters, and this will not happen until we amend the constitution, which, mm -hmm. of course, Vimera said they will not accept. 
Right. Uh, so we can hit a block, a roadblock immediately from the start. In the meantime, Albania will have something similar, but then because Albania does not have this type of condition, so Albania will probably begin accession talks with mm -hmm. chapters. So there is going to be pressure on us from our Albanian parties uh, saying, listen, our brethren are now advancing. We are stuck here with you because you Macedonians are so uh, obstinate. So uh, how will they try to get to 81 votes to amend the constitution? I don't know. Vimero said that they would agree to this, but if Bulgaria says that there will be no more demands. On the contrary, so this is one condition in the proposal. Mm -hmm. uh, another, you said that it's respecting the friendship treaties I have signed with Borisov. Mm -hmm. But there is another document which is mentioned, which Bulgarians say this is like uh, a, a list of three documents and they're all part of the same package. While Kovacevsky says this is his big, uh, like uh, the fake he's trying to make today, that this third document is not part of the of the of the of the. Uh, whole package. And the third document is the, the, it was called the protocols. Now it's being called the annual review of the 2017 treaty. Mm -hmm. And as we discussed on this podcast, this treaty already includes a lot of uh, mechanisms for, for Bulgaria to demand changes to Macedonian history through the work of a commission mm -hmm. of historians, right. in which they're supposed to dialogue these things. But the reality is that Bulgaria holds the stick and our historians have to accept the Bulgarian version of history. Um, and there has been very little progress, uh, as Bulgaria would say, in this regard. So our guys were putting resistance because Bulgaria practically said you have to write that uh, Tsar Samuel is Bulgarian, that uh, Gotza Delchov is Bulgarian, all the heroes right. from Macedonian medieval and the 19th, uh, early 20th century history of national liberation period were Bulgarians. There is also the mechanism for hate speech, which we discussed also at length in this podcast, that uh, Bulgaria will be able to demand that Macedonia arrests or somehow chills or uh, intimidates people who would make unfriendly comments toward Bulgaria on social media. And as you can imagine, this type of comments have exploded after the friendship treaty was signed and after Bulgaria began inserting itself in our politics and in our internal affairs. Uh, Bulgaria can demand that uh, not only history books in schools, but uh, uh, TV shows like documentaries, like uh, TV programs, books, all reflect the um, agreed narrative on history, which will be the Bulgarian narrative. And now this protocol says that because there has been very little implementation so far, <clears throat> that we have to do this in two years now, that we have to agree on the history immediately and that we have to change our history books within two years. This was the on top of the constitutional amendments, which is a relatively new claim that we insert the Bulgarian nation in the constitution, in the article where it says, uh, where it lists the other nations in Macedonia as constituent nations. But there is also rumors that Bulgaria wants something more, that uh, throughout the body of the constitution, the Bulgarians are named, or Bulgarian Macedonians, so that they would be put in a much different position than the Albanians, the Serbs, the Vlachs, the other smaller nations in the constitution, but that they will be mentioned throughout the entire text. Uh, so practically to reflect that they consider Macedonians to be Bulgarians. So there, there is a lot of, uh, we haven't seen this, this in detail, but there is a lot of rumors that that this demand is going to be much broader than we first imagined. Mm -hmm. So this is the, the new claim, but these older claims from 2017 on the history, on the hate speech. And there is another interesting element in opening the police dossiers. Bulgaria demands mm -hmm. that we open the communist era police, secret police service documents, which you know I've, I've advocated for a very long time. But uh, the, the trick here is that uh, our secret police wanted to uh, tarnish you when they would arrest you. They wouldn't say Jason has property, Jason is influential in his uh, community, but he's not a communist. Jason is, uh, you know, with the church, so we find him suspicious. We need to 
cut him down to size, so we will confiscate his property, we will put a tail on him, etc. But to justify this, they couldn't say he's rich and influential and well-educated and well-liked in the community, because it makes you look good. Mm. They would say he cooperated with the Bulgarians during the war, or he espouses in private conversations uh, pro-Bulgarian positions, because this was the mark of death, this was the scarlet letter B they, they could put on the on the political opponents. So now we have 50,000 dossiers which will say he was a Bulgarian, right? Person so-and-so. And Bulgaria, when we open the dossiers, Bulgaria will say, look, it's in your own writing, your own police acknowledged that all the important people, all the influential people in your country were Bulgarians after the war, mm-hmm. and that you all persecuted them for, for 40 years and uh, killed them, arrested them, whatever. So this is the, the further demand in the, in the Friendship Treaty. And uh, so, yeah, this is a, a, a very thorough rewriting of Macedonian national identity history, uh, inserting a huge Bulgarian minority in Macedonia and uh, elevating it above other minorities, even above Macedonians. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very ambitious, uh, very, very broad document. And Zayev agreed to this in 2017 right. and then failed to implement every, anything. And uh, now Bulgaria is angry and wants implementation under the barrel of a gun. Right. Yeah, well, that's a very good point. Su- yeah, that's a very, very good summary. Um, and, and so all of that is going to gum it up. Uh, you know, Bulgaria is going to block Macedonia, assuming this all goes forward here. Bulgaria is going to block Macedonia every step of the way. Greece, too, will. Well, actually, if, if Bulgaria is doing the blocking, Greece probably won't. Um, but if, yeah, if Bulgaria course. didn't do the blocking, then Greece would, because there's still parts of the of so-called PRESPA agreement that have to be implemented, etc. So both countries are going to continue asking for their pound of flesh until there is no more flesh left. Um, mm. I do think it's interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the reaction from some of our, our friends uh, on the left. And so, first of all, so there's, there's Tanya M., Tanya Milevska, mm. uh, who um, I, I got to read her Twitter's, Twitter's bio here. Mm. Uh, journalist, feminist, <laughs> anti-racist, pride flag, Macedonian, Brussellois, I guess, I shit post a lot, hate authority, love cats, and my grandmother was a Nazi-killing communist. So oh, okay. she uh, obviously is at, uh, at the intersection of intersectionality, and, uh, but she obviously also has a lot of issues there. So she posted today, uh, French ambassador in Bulgaria confirms that French proposal is exactly the same one uh, Macedonia already rejected. Oh, look at that. She uses Macedonia as a standalone word. Amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. To which then uh, Surgeon uh, Svich, how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Surgeon Svich. Yeah, from it's the difficult open. Difficult even for me to pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from the open, open uh, George Soros's open society. He tweets in order in in uh, relation to what she just wrote. That's that. Then we'll all be thanking Macedonian flag if they Macedonians reject inserting anti-European. Putin-esque Bulgarian flag criteria into the negotiating framework. <laughs> so, so he is saying, and then of course um, the former uh, EU ambassador to Macedonia some time ago, uh, Erwan Fuere, uh, oh. wrote in the Center for European Policy Studies, I believe, uh, earlier this week, uh, that you know this is a failure of the EU. So, and we've seen this. Those are just two examples, but all over the place, these these lefties progressives who demanded that Macedonia change its name and appease yeah. the Greeks. Nikola Dimitrov. And Nikola, well, yeah, the, 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 I, I, you know, he is the author of the so-called press yeah, agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a pox on him and his house. Uh, I know the, the old, uh, the, his father cursed his, uh, Nikola's right hand, but I, I curse his whole body. <laughs> uh, but all these lefties are now saying, so my question is, and then I got it. So I want to take one paragraph that uh, Fuere wrote. He said, um, by taking Bulgaria's side, the stronger mm-hmm. party, by virtue of it already having EU membership, and should the proposal be endorsed, then France and indeed the EU would set a terrible precedent for future accession negotiations. Mm-hmm. Let me reread that, but let's pretend it was five years ago. By taking Greece's side, the stronger party, by virtue of it already having NATO membership, and should the proposal 
be endorsed, yeah. then France <laughs> and indeed the and NATO would set a terrible precedent for future accession negotiations. <laughs> so they're, it, it, you know, they are not, if anything, they are not consistent. Uh, now, my yeah. question is, having seen what these individuals and others have been saying about this past week about the, so, the, the French proposal and urging, practically, Macedonia to reject it, what are they going to say next week? I'm curious. Uh, are they going to say, well done uh, for inserting uh, bilateral issues into the EU negotiating yeah. framework? <laughs> no, yeah. we, we discussed this with our mutual friend of ours, I won't mention his name, uh, who was confused, like, okay, but uh, he's a foreigner, so what? Like, this, when they first started protesting the press, you know, the, the Bulgarian treaty, the Bulgarian veto, and he says, well, yeah, but this was just like Prespa. Why are they complaining? What's uh -huh. the problem? And I thought they were Mr. and Mrs. and Miss uh, Compromise and Appeasement and, you know, accept the demands of the EU or NATO member states because there is no other alternative and that's the only way they will like us and respect us and let us join the institutions. And the reason, I think, is that uh, this was uh, making Macedonia... Uh, the obstinate and the uncooperative party vis-a-vis -vis Greece was very important for them to make Gravesky look like a nationalist and mm. a dictator and to bring him down from power and to help SDSM grab power. Now that SDSM is in power, accepting these demands, especially from Bulgaria, which is loaded by half of SDSM, like they really hate it, like they, were, they grew up hating it, like uh, people like Tanya Milevska, you know, it's in their family. I think her grandmother lived long enough to see this uh, capitulation, but <laughs> so which is which is very amusing. Um, so um, they hate Bulgaria so much and practically broke their party in the local elections. This was very visible when half of SDSM wouldn't vote for Zaev and Branko Cervenkovsky abandoned the party and said, I'm not returning until Zaev is removed. Mm over his Bulgarian policy. So practically their parties is fracturing. Uh, and these, all these people want to keep SDSM in power. So now they're turning on a dime and they're, instead of making Kovacevsky and Macedonia obstinate and foolish and nationalist for defending our own identity, they're now making Bulgaria the nationalist, the aggressor, while they previously praised Greece or, or, or just wouldn't criticize Greece, would just focus on uh, on Gruevsky. This is one reason. Another reason is that we now have two clearly outlined paths, which was the second path was a surprise for me. Uh, that is the open Balkan path. So if mm. we accept uh, EU, the, the Bulgarian claims, so we begin a process of teaching our children that they were that we were always Bulgarians, that a switch occurred after the Second World War, that we were being taught a false history to de-Bulgarize us, etc. And uh, so our path to joining the EU goes through accepting a Bulgarian identity. And this means, uh, you know, a country made up of Albanians in the West and Bulgarians in the East, which is located in between Albania and Bulgaria, it has no purpose of existing. It should be at least softly partitioned, if not fully partitioned, after a while. Uh, the other path, if we reject this, <clears throat> so we keep some of our Macedonian identity, there will be no pressure from outside to change the identity, but there will be no EU membership. Mm. So then we, we join the Open Balkan, in which by now it's pretty obvious it's an initiative sponsored by some people in the State Department. If you read, there was a panicked uh, editorial from Edward Joseph that uh, oh, right. uh, State Department people, <clears throat> Escobar mainly, Bubble. is pushing yeah, <laughs> is pushing Kosovo into this union. They don't care about Macedonia, of course, but uh, okay, let, let's explain their position on Kosovo. So we have Bosnia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Macedonia join this grouping in which only Serbia and Albania are autonomous uh, decision-making entities and in, and uh, after a while we will see a process of Serbian companies, uh, politics, culture, of course, dominating the Serbian parts of Bosnia, Kosovo, 
Macedonian, parts of Macedonia, Montenegro, etc., and Albanian businesses, companies, culture dominating, uh, of course, most of Kosovo, a third of Macedonia, parts of Montenegro, so that after a while we will create like a federation in the Balkans of non-EU member states, and then after a while partition it between Albania and Serbia, and solve the Kosovo problem, solve uh, Serbia's uh, territorial claims, etc. So our, our other path is to join uh, Albanoslavia, a new federation, and then after a while, you know, be softly or fully partitioned between Albania and Serbia, and the other option is be partitioned between Albania and Bulgaria. Mm. That's our options at the moment. <laughs> well, and this, this other option is very strongly supported by Soros. Right. Because we, we know that the young Soros comes to all of these meetings of the Open Balkan Initiative, and this is why we have people like Cvic saying that, you know, Soros guy in yeah. Belgrade, or Dimitrov or Vlada Milchin in uh, Skopje saying, listen, we can't accept the Bulgarian proposal, even though they all praised uh, the Presbyterian and the initial signing of the Bulgarian proposal and uh, accused Gruevski of being obstinate for not accepting uh, something very similar from Greece. Right. Yeah, I, th I think um, I think your main point here is that you know the, the the powers that be on the international side, their main thing is wanting to make sure that the citizen, citizen, sorry, and Dewey stay in power forever, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. because they are well, they're of the same, they're birds of a feather. They're, they're all leftists. So, um, yeah, I I don't think I share your pessimism on division mm. of the country, but I suppose all things are possible. <laughs> uh, and I'm not entirely sure the EU in its current form is going to be around in that same form 10 years from now. Mm. Um, but I guess we'll see. Let me let's see here what uh, Nikola Dimitrov, if he has said anything. Has he said anything there publicly today? Uh, every day, yeah, even today, I think. He said this is the same proposal, nothing is guaranteed, it's so it will open the process of uh, changing our identity. Uh, yeah, he's uh, very, continues to be very critical. He accused he started talking about some secretive documents then uh, that he has access to, then Buyar would respond. So he's, he's sparring with Buyar Osmani, who, on the other hand, was undermining the government. So the new foreign minister, he said, listen, the proposal is already accepted, guys. I mean, mm. we had until midnight yesterday to, <laughs> to accept it when the French uh, term uh, expired. So, like, what was this debate thing? You know, it's a done deal. He... He was meeting with Edi Rama in, uh, uh, I think, Madrid, which is the... So we had uh, Stevo Pendarovsky and Buyar Osmani in Madrid for the NATO uh, summit, and they met with Macron. Mm -hmm. And this is where we got this funny picture of Pendarovsky explaining something to Macron, like, listen, our proposal is harmful, I don't know, whatever. And Macron is looking at the phone, not even listening to him. <laughs> uh, we had Edi Rama insert himself oh, in these right, meetings, yeah. and then... A very imperatively giving a tweet comment to my friends Macedonians and the Albanians in Macedonia, uh, Pranoyani in Albanian, like accepted, right. uh, take this deal, yeah, very forcefully. Even though, so like he had, he practically gave out the game. So uh, uh, these guys, so, uh, Kovacevski, uh, Rama, and the Serbian president Vucic, they were invited in Brussels by France for a meeting for a Balkan summit. Uh, and they almost refused to go because this was when the proposal was being uh, made and shaped out. And they were all very angry. This is unacceptable. You're letting Ukraine and Moldova go. So they had an angry press conference. And, uh, oh, and, and sorry, and, and uh, sorry, this was a few days before this. There was a meeting in Solon, in Salonika. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Rama was introducing uh, Kovacevsky to the German Chancellor right. Scholz yeah. <laughs> with the Greek Prime Minister uh, Mitsotakis in presence. And he says, oh, look, this is, uh, you know, Kovacevsky from North Macedonia, soon to be Western <laughs> Bulgaria. And this was, I don't know, this was great. Uh, hu total humiliation and giving the game away. I mean, in my pessimistic uh, 
a reading of where things are going. Uh, before this, you know, Rama all joked with Kovachevsky way before when Zayev first introduced him as a future leader. He said, oh, this is the guy from Montenegro, because he was just standing there, like, confused. Uh, so Rama tried to... Uh, Spin it. Uh, yeah, he said, oh, I was just joking. These Vemera nationalists are spinning my criticism, my a sarcastic criticism of Bulgaria. Vemera are fools, Vemera are idiots, blah, blah, blah. And everybody in SDSM was for a while praising Rama, considering him their new leader because he was willing to stand up to uh, Macron, to Europe uh, during this meeting in Brussels. He made very strong comments against Vemera and against Macron. And now he's ordering them to accept the deal. So, mm. um, there, yeah, this is so. Yeah, I guess Albania considers they'll be good either way. They'll get their part if, if we are integrating in the EU. Uh, Bulgaria will begin to dominate uh, large parts of Macedonia, and they will continue to dominate parts of Macedonia. If we reject the proposal and we switch to Serbia or to the Open Balkan again. Albania is here to pick up its, its part of the country and dominate it economically, culturally, and possibly even, you know, full partition. Right. Well, I, I, I'm going to disagree with on that, and I'll make you a, my standard bet, which is $1, that it won't happen. I uh, guess we'd have to put a timetable on that as well. Um, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's worth, uh, worth remembering that uh, Rama was the one who convened the, uh, all of the, uh, the ethnic Albanian so-called leaders from the region uh, in Tirana and then presided over the um, Tirana platform, which they released on uh, Christmas Day, Orthodox Christmas Day, January 7. I think mm -hmm. that was 2017, 16, 17? Uh, well, uh, Christmas, uh, yeah, 17. Yeah, when they basically... Our Christmas. Yeah, exactly, Christmas. yeah. Uh, when they demanded, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, uh, Rama's an ass. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, of course, you know, but how can we criticize him, uh, Svetin? Um, uh, Albania is a bastion of the rule of law and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. and, and uh, free speech and property rights. And, you know, it's booming economically because everything is on the level. And it's uh, right. Yeah. Mm. Well, pox on him, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do want to kind of circle back here to um, the internationals again, because this was a kind of a fun exchange the other day with uh, Simone Filippini, the former Dutch ambassador to Macedonia. Yeah, uh, she's a peacenik with some organization. I don't know what, but uh, she she uh, she she put out a tweet in which she which uh, this is a, a seat on the UN uh, ECOSOC. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> part of the alphabet soup that makes up the uh, uh, United Nations. She says, uh, "Vote for the." <laughs> Literally, this is the way it reads: "Vote for the North Macedonians." Uh, all one word, yeah. leaving out the M in Macedonian. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, she got roundly criticized for that. Uh, I think you challenged her, and then she responded to you, get real, please. This kind of yeah. negative energy is so nonproductive, doesn't lead anywhere. Your country is called North Macedonia. It is constitutional. It's got like this... Yeah. this She's just a, like a, a, a scold and not even a nice one mm. at that. I mean, she's just a she, – she's an ass as well. Uh, then, she, then she doesn't delete the original tweet, but she says she, – she, quote, apologizes, say sorry for the typo, not North Macedonians, North Macedonia, to which she got a <laughs> well-deserved ratio on Twitter, uh, to which she then – and she just kept digging herself into the hole. She says – Interesting to see the quite hateful reactions based on an error, the result of a slip of the pen. Well, it's actually a keyboard. Uh, did you ever see what the message was about? I was supporting your country for which I developed and still have a big soft spot! Exclamation point. Let's be tolerant and positive towards one another. Well, a couple of things on that. Uh, and, of course, she was torn apart for that as well. Uh, there's a huge tell in there. She says... Uh, I was supporting your country for which I developed. Now, if mm -hmm. I was a taxpaying citizen of the Netherlands, I would have an issue with that. She, Simone, she of beauty, grace, and selflessness developed Macedonia. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just what it points to is the arrogance of these people, uh, plus the fact that she's clueless, uh, a big soft spot for the country. I mean, anyway. 
Uh, and then, and then, of course, she's you know she she says it's hateful, and I went I went through there. Sure, there are some rude and crude comments, of course. She deserved it, oh, yeah. frankly. Uh, but the majority of them were, please respect our name. That's all, yeah. you know. And and she calls that hateful. Which, going back to this whole issue with Bulgaria, of course, uh, this this so-called issue of so-called hate speech, which in in my country and of course Americans are, are are more on free speech than Europeans I know Europeans aren't real big on free speech unfortunately mm-hmm. but conservatives are and this is a conservative podcast uh and there you know the supreme court has actually ruled that there is no such thing as hate speech uh and so because it's yeah. very subjective it's not objective you can't legally define it mm-hmm. uh it's you know I, I got my feelings hurt that's hate speech blah 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 and that's going to be a huge issue with whatever it is that Macedon- the Macedonian government, I should say, agrees to with this French proposal with the Bulgarians. Uh, you, you, you mean, the Bulgarians will claim any and everything to be hate speech. Uh, now, the question is, how does the European Union then uh, interpret that? Here's a, as we've been chatting so amiably here, uh, Ranir Yarosma has been continuing his thread. Uh, he says, um, how problematic is it? And that's this agreement. While these texts firmly establish the importance of implementing the Macedonian-Bulgarian agreement on the European Union level, including by way of EC monitoring, and the negotiations apparently won't, in paren, truly be open until Macedonia changes its constitution, which won't happen anytime soon. Then he says, glass half empty, EU texts make explicit mention of Article 12 of the Bulgarian-Macedonian agreement, and as such delegate to the European Union to monitor the work of the Joint History Committee, allowing for eternal stalling. Glass yeah. half full. It's just, and he puts just in paren, or in, uh, in uh, quotation marks, it's just monitoring. Level of importance is up to the European Union. So basically he's saying, ain't going to happen. That's my way of interpreting what yeah. he's saying here, yeah. Yeah. So, which I think is a fair interpretation. Yeah, yeah and even worse, if you go to uh, back to Filippini, so... Um, she was good friends with Dimitrov, of course, and well, uh, the big uh, Nikola Dimitrov, yeah. Uh, because yeah, of course, he was ambassador to the Netherlands, uh, and uh, the big uh, victory, as Dimitrov and Zayev presented it from the Prespet Treaty, was that Greece allegedly agreed to call our ethnicity Macedonians, which they did not do that. They only agreed to uh, confuse. Uh, to allow us to mistranslate the agreement where it says nationality, Macedonians, citizens of the Republic of North Macedonia, which is obviously refers to nationality in the meaning of citizenship. Mm-hmm. We are mistranslating it constantly as nationality, as ethnicity, and then forgetting this additional part, citizen of the Republic of North Macedonia, and lying to ourselves that... Uh, our government secured a huge victory that uh, the Greeks accept that we are Macedonians. So now, Filippinis punching a hole through this key argument mm. of her friend, uh, yeah. Nikola Dimitrov. And, you know, I called her out again, okay, but what, what do you think is the typo, the, the lack that you wrote North Macedonians without the M, mm. or that you wrote North Macedonians to begin with? It was supposed to be just Macedonians, or just North Macedonian citizens, maybe, if you wanted to use the whole word, never mind. So now we have a big victory in this new agreement. It's being presented like this. And it's the first thing Kovacevsky will mention when discussing the deal, that now the Bulgarians allegedly agreed that our language is Macedonian. Because of course they insist that we were Macedonian, we were Bulgarians, and that we even now speak a dialect of the Bulgarian or we forcibly codified and imposed uh, a Serbianized version of the Bulgarian dialect which we spoke, of a Western Bulgarian dialect we spoke, and we now call it the Macedonian language. So Bulgaria, yes, they agree that we now self-identify as Macedonians, and that we now speak the Macedonian language. They would agree to this, most of their, or some of their politicians, usually those who are in government. So Borisov would agree with this, Karakachanov would probably not, uh, the more nationalistic ones. So they would agree to this, but they, they're still not on the uh, determined to allow that the Macedonian language is declared as an official language of the EU. That's a big issue for Bulgaria. Uh, they're going to submit 
uh, but they, they realize, okay, we can't force them if they say that they feel as Macedonians now and they speak a Macedonian language now, we cannot go this far to deny them. We will submit a separate statement to the EU, both Macedonia and Bulgaria, in which we will say that this is an organic, natural, grown language, the Macedonian language, equal to other languages. Well, Bulgaria in its statement will claim that until 45, it was a, di a Western Bulgarian dialect that was spoken in Macedonia, but now we have since codified it and imposed it on the people. Mm. Uh, but uh, the, the issue here is twofold. On one hand, uh, uh, like with the previous victory from the Prespa Treaty with the Macedonian nation, it's very likely uh, that this victory will be lost along the way and that uh, Bulgaria will ultimately deny us uh, having uh, a, sep a separate language recognized as an official language of the EU. And also through the changes in the historical narrative they want from us, you know, even if at the end it's called the Macedonian language and the Macedonian nation, the history, the, the textbooks, the, the TV shows, the documentaries, the books we, we are allowed to publish, etc., they will all say that uh, a different story, that we were Bulgarians until 1944, 1945, mm -hmm. and then a new nation, just like you would learn that, you know, the Americans were English, mostly are, you know, Germans, Dutch, whatever. And then due to one relatively recent uh, uh, confrontation, they became Americans, but uh, that their origin was English, mm -hmm. for example, and culture and language, of course, the language still is. So yeah, this is, um, it, we will get the, the term maybe in this case, but uh, it will be emptied out of all historical meaning. Right. Two points, um, and then I got to wrap up here. Uh, first of all, back on on Filipini and the Dutch embassy. The um, of course, the other thing that that I think she it was under her watch. Uh, maybe uh, you can correct me on this, but Artan Grubi, uh, who is the all powerful mm -hmm. deputy minister of reading newspapers in Macedonia, uh, was plucked out of obscurity, a football hooligan, and uh, groomed. Not in the sense of grooming that we were having culture wars here in the States, although maybe also in that way. Uh, but he was groomed by the Dutch embassy to, uh, to his yeah. current position. And then the second thing on um, this is going to be an issue forever that the Macedonians have to deal with. Uh, when Stevo Pendorovsky, the president of Macedonia, was on CNN the other day in, um, in Madrid at the NATO summit, uh, the Chiron below said, Stevo Pendorovsky, North Macedonian president. And as you know, mm -hmm. I keep a, a running list, uh, I update it every week, sometimes every day, of examples where major media outlets and major figures are using that term. They're calling Macedonians North Macedonians, or some aspect you know, of, of Macedonian, North Macedonian government, North Macedonian currency, blah, 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 ad, in, ad nauseum, ad infinitum. And that is a direct result of the so-called PRESPA agreement. Uh, so mm -hmm. that is something that... that Macedonians have to, to battle. Uh, now, the government of Macedonia says that, you know, that's not proper. My question is, are they doing anything about it? Uh, I tend to think not. Mm. Um, so, yeah. um, all right. Let's... And uh, yeah. one more sure. development that's coming. Tomorrow there's going to be a large protest. Vomero and uh, Levice is now joining yeah. them. So Vomero had a large protest uh, like uh, two weeks ago almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, now they're preparing another one for tomorrow afternoon uh, as a response to the Kovacevsky's obvious acceptance of, the, of this proposal now. Tomorrow is Saturday, July 1st, so um, maybe we can put that in the show notes as well. So. Second. That's what I said. Uh, yes, July 2nd. Yes. Today is July 1st, sorry. <laughs> yes, this is yeah. July 1st. Uh, start of a major holiday weekend here in the United States. Uh, July 4th, Monday mm -hmm. is our Independence Day. So a lot of people are just taking mm -hmm. off today and, and getting out to the national parks and the beaches and everywhere else, the mountains. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll leave it at that. We're not necessarily ending on a, a high note or a, a low note. It's just on a confused note, maybe, uh, as to, to what yeah. the future holds. Uh, the only thing I can say, Svetin, is, you know, sometimes life just sucks and life is unfair yeah. and tragic <laughs> and there's suffering. This is something Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. Uh, and you just got to keep working at it. Uh, 
You know, the the old Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan, praise be upon him, adage that uh, freedom is, you know, you're not born with it. You have to pass it down to each generation. You have to work on it. Same thing applies to Macedonia and everybody else. You just have to yeah. keep doing it. And uh, it's it's a fight that just doesn't end. There's there's lots of periods of, of respite and peace and and you can still, you know, be happy and content and enjoy your family and friends while you're fighting at the same time. Mm. So I guess that's the, the, the message I have to, to end on here, that, that there is hope. Yeah. And uh, I mean, frankly, look, what, what we've just seen here with the Supreme Court uh, of the United States, uh, with some of our yeah. um, the cases that have come down in the past two weeks mm-hmm. have been very good for the conservative cause, for the cause of freedom, for the cause of liberty, for the cause of uh, of. Uh, proper ordering and flourishing of a society, I shall say. Uh, so there is hope. Uh, so let's, let's leave it at that and uh, yeah. convene again in a couple of weeks to, <laughs> to sort out this continuing yeah. hot mess. Yeah, and no need to prick me up. I mean, I'm actually enjoying this very much because just watching the anguish of the, of the left who assured us that uh, all we have to do is sign this small press. I mean, this is a complete defeat of the colored revolution and there are promises that they're tight with the international community, which is going to deliver success only if we give up our sovereignty and let them decide for us and everything will be great. This is an absolute defeat for them. And as much as, you know, the left is anguished and butthurt in the U.S. with the constitutional, with the Supreme Court decisions, mm-hmm. as much our left here is now anguished and it's just... Yeah, it's delightful to to watch them. I mean, it's very amusing. Well, then let's let's end this with an agreement that this weekend we shall raise tumblers of sweet, 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 delicious leftist tears. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. Take Talk to you soon. Bye.